You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York here on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Katznick. And today we have special guest Hypnotic Spa, which is DJ Sophia and Love Letters. Uh, it's their collective party. Um, they play out as that and throw parties as Hypnotic Spa. And uh, they're doing a party actually next Thursday at Nowadays, which we'll shout out a few times, that I'm going to play at. And one of my label artists, Lote, is going to play at. Uh, nowadays is a really great space out in Ridgewood that's hosted some Bunker Limiteds in the last year. I uh, really like it out there, so check that out. And with that, I think we're going to get right into the mix with Hypnotic Spa. Again, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Hypnotic Spa is a space where rest, relaxation, revitalization, and rejuvenation are celebrated and sought after. Welcome to Hypnotic Spa. Hypnotic Spa is a space where rest, relaxation, revitalization, and rejuvenation are celebrated and sought after. Welcome to hypnotics.
okay? You, me, everything. Nothing has been left out, all right? All the particles, everything. What's outside this blanket? More blankets, that's the point. Blankets, everything. Exactly, this is everything, okay? Let's just say that this is me, right? And I'm 60 odd years old, I'm wearing a gray suit, blah, blah, blah. And let's say over here, this is you, and you're, I don't know, you're 21, you've got dark hair, etc. And over here, this is uh, Vivian, my wife and colleague. And then over here, this is the Eiffel Tower, right? It's Ferris. And this is a war, and this is a, a, a museum, and this is a disease, and this is an orgasm, and this is a hammer. Everything is the same, even if it's different. Exactly. But our everyday mind forgets this. We think everything is separate, limited. I'm over here, you're over there, which is true. But it's not the whole truth, because we're all connected. Because we are connected.
color. My God, scream out my soul.
accept the idea of a supreme being who takes any interest in anyone on Earth. I feel that we're living in this world and it's the world that's going to help us. I don't think I feel any of the religious attitudes supposed at all. I don't really feel any life force flowing through everything, animating it and me making the universe meaningful. I don't believe that you can pray and your prayers will be answered.
Thank <laughs> you.
listening to Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we've been in the mix with our special guests, Hypnotic Spa, which is DJ Sophia and Love Letters. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. We, um, we were originally going to do this on, or I think maybe we were going to record it literally the day after you had your accident. Yes. Remember when? When, when was that? What month was May? That? It was May thirteenth. Oh wow! So it was a it was a while ago. Yeah, I broke fifteen bones. Yeah. <laughs> so, all these months later, you're here. Yes. You're you're healed, and here yes. we are, finally doing this radio show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making it for lost time. Yep. Um, so when was Hypnotic Spa formed? Like, how did you guys meet? Um. I guess it started at Rebecca's bar for sure. Um, I invited S- X Coast, and him and I did like like an ambient, chill, down tempo kind of like drum and bass, but very chill. And then I invited you, I think, to play. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then almost instantaneously, we had like a vision for it that he definitely <laughs> right. shared and helped me. Um, develop. So well, you, you knew Max before then, or <laughs> you just asked, you were a well, fan of Love Letters and asked him to I come? I met him at Halcyon when he was like a snotty record store clerk. Yes, you have to be. You, yeah, it's part, of the, it's, it's part of the gig of working yeah. at a record store. You, you, you have to be a little bit snotty. He was like trying to fill up my cart with way more than I had planned. Yeah, and I was like, you're gonna buy that one? <laughs> We've got 40 copies of this, you need to buy this. <laughs> Don't you want to juggle? Yeah, that was the, I would say, the origin. Uh, we were always competing there, though, with, um, like, the bar crowd. Uh, it was loud, you know? Yeah. So it was very much a social gathering where we wanted people to listen to music and hang out, more so than, like, dance music and the function of dancing. But and we got a few, which gave, yeah. us, which gave us hope, I guess, and kept us going, where we were like, okay, well, a few of our friends and even a few strangers who had no idea this was going to be happening came in like laid down in front of us sitting on the floor okay. DJing. <laughs> yeah we were trying to be very inviting for that we had mm-hmm. mats set out mm-hmm. uh but we i guess we kind of got tired of competing with the bar crowd and then moved over to mood ring right. where we had like kind of a private dance room in the back where it mm-hmm. could be very dark and people could lay down and that was definitely a step forward yeah i mean mood ring is a bar as well but they've got that separate it's yeah. The music part is kind of separate. Yeah, it's like we had this whole back room where we could kind of do whatever we wanted. The bar could still do the bar thing up front, but we were just like, here's yeah. our own room for the night. And you were doing that on a weekday, right? So you didn't have to worry about the kind of crazy yes. Yes. weekend crowd. It's Thursdays, sometimes yeah. Wednesdays, but Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I've been DJing. Uh, it's been a while since I've really done it. I'm excited to do it at your party last week, but DJing out this kind of music for a really long time, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges with organizing a gathering to listen to mm. this kind of music is getting past the people who just want to talk and For sure. even I mean I've seen it happen even at events that are really like people bought a ticket they wanted to come mm-hmm. to hear this quiet music and they're still 
getting drunk it's and talking. It's really hard not to talk. Like us, we always get in trouble in the booth being like, "What's that track? Oh my god!" Like, and then you just, look up and everybody's staring at you. Like, yeah, like like Gareth or James will come by and be like, "Hey guys, sorry, but shut up." <laughs> um, do you want to talk about how nowadays came about? Yeah, I was sure. I was yeah. I thought we should cover that. So you you did Mood Ring just to rewind a little bit before we get to nowadays. How long did you do this at Mood Ring before you made the the move over to nowadays? Mm. A little over a year, I would say. Right? Was it a, a whole year? Oh, it was mm. it was definitely a year. A year doing it once a month. Yeah, I guess yes. Yeah, because we're it about was a two while. years right because now. Because it was pretty. It wasn't too far after Mood Ring had first opened. Yeah, it was pretty early on. Because they were still building, because that was before they even had the, their whole DJ booth built out. I think, I'm pretty sure that the first brilliant. time I personally heard of Mood Ring, which is very close to where I live, was through the promotion of one of your parties. Mm. I was like, what is this? Nice. It's a bar in the neighborhood <laughs> that I don't, mm-hmm. and then I went in, it's it's an interesting place. It's very, um, it's like kind of the same, it's got its own thing going on, but it's mm-hmm. very Bossa Nova mm-hmm. Civic Club, which is yeah. right there. Yeah, for sure. It's, the it's, same. it's funny they're so close together. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think place, any, like when we were doing it, when we were doing it at Rebecca's and then Mood Ring, I definitely always had the feeling like when we would ask and they would say yes, we're like, oh, wow, we can keep getting away with doing this because this yeah. is right. such a not typical bar. It felt, yeah, like nobody was really doing it. And it kind of felt like, yeah, can we get away with this? Is this a thing? We are really into it. Will other right. people pick up on it? Were there other events happening or that you'd been to at some point in your life that kind of inspired you to do these more ambient, quiet music parties? Or is it just something you came up with on your own from just being fans of the music and wanting to play it out? I think I think partially we felt that it was missing um, but I, we weren't the only ones for sure because some of the more underground parties were starting to have chill out rooms um, kind of around the same time yeah, I they think, were bringing it back and so yeah. I think it was those two things coming together and it was there are so many parties so we thought we can do this this is feeling a niche this is feeling something that other people aren't playing out as much yeah. something different and also rationalizes me buying so many more records than <laughs> I probably would have rationalized yeah, so great right <laughs> so like to I can that. use this now yeah yeah it's an excuse to buy more vinyl yeah I remember <laughs> maybe the f- when we did the the mysteries of the deep for years now has been doing these events in mm-hmm. New York yeah. and picking up a lot of steam and is now a record label mm-hmm. and then we had a couple of the 36 hour parties that the bunker did with Unter when we were at Paperbox, we yeah, had Unter. we had the 36 hour. Well, actually, maybe we sh- I think we shut down the chill out room during the didn't go the whole 36 hours, but maybe 24 of the 36 mm-hmm. hours we had the chill out room going, and that was a huge success. And then Unter started doing it at their some of their multi room events mm-hmm. at that crazy space in Greenpoint. And I had experienced it. I think bef- I think it was before at um during No Way Back, right. Right. No way back. We did the first one. I remember we were, who was, it was when Keith Fullerton Whitman was in here last month. We were talking about this because he played the first time we did a chill out room at that particular party. It was at one of the ones at public assembly. I can't, I mean, that was like 2009 or 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And then when we started 
when the party in Detroit moved to a two-room venue, we kind of had this big crisis because it had always just been about one room, one vibe, and but we had this whole other room that would be a waste of space not to use and came up with the idea to start doing the chill-out room there. I mean, this all this for me goes back into the 90s, mm -hmm. I'm sure for my two like, raves in Detroit. Where Shout out to Mike Servito. <laughs> she doesn't have a microphone, so. <laughs> um, but this was a big thing in the, in the 90s when uh, kind of partying and raving was just starting to happen was there was, there was always a chill out room. And then I feel like it was sometime in the mid to late 90s that drum and bass jungle really picked up a lot of steam. And I feel like that, in a way, was the death of the chill-out room for a long time, <laughs> because then you had to have, like, the techno house trance room, and then the second room was always drum and bass instead it of chill-out. It almost seems counterintuitive, you know? You dance it, no, drum it, and bass, you need to chill out after, it's, like, right. trip-hop. It, it's, it, it's just about, you know, getting those names on the flyer and getting people out to the party. I, I, mean, I mean, I remember when I was trying to sell the Unter crew on the idea of a chill-out room, they didn't completely understand at first, because it's, you know, all the people I was proposing, they weren't artists who would necessarily have a ton of draw. It's like, you just you just have to believe me, you just have to do it. And then mm -hmm. once people are there and they're experiencing it, yeah. they'll love it. Yeah. And then in the future, when you say you have a chill out room, it doesn't even, it doesn't completely matter who's playing. It's just people are really into the idea that that exists. I think even it's if you so just essential. have an iPod right. going, people yeah, will anything. be like, thank yes. you. Just a place <laughs> to sit down. I found yeah. myself in that room, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys did uh, the room. We did the loft at Elsewhere. That oh, was yeah. really fun. That's, I can't that remember. was really fun. When was that? That was sometime. That was last July, June, yeah. July. Summer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was super fun. You guys played, played. for a long time. Yeah, all, I think pretty much. I think pretty much all night yeah, inside we of an were, art installation. Yeah, we were tucked away in the so like Skybridge yeah. area at Elsewhere. And now they've built it out up there, so there's actually a real <laughs> DJ booth and. Uh, oh yeah, it's right. and like lots of room to sit. It's it's really cool. We've been using that for uh, just to have a chill space. Um, so, anyways, at some point we were we were about to start talking about nowadays, and then just can't we, talk we, about it enough. Yeah, we, <laughs> we um, so when did you when when and how did you make the switch from mood ring to nowadays? I think it was when I don't know how we got invited. Maybe. You talked to Justin, Justin Carter. He, he called me one day while I was at work, <laughs> and I answered my phone His at phone work. His phone calls are legendary. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Hello." You've been there for two hours all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just he proposed it over the phone. We we had played a couple times for their event planetarium, which right. Um, well, th that's I think, like for me, playing the first planetarium just blew my mind and really yeah. gave us a new vision where you know in a in a big dark room that's usually used at a dance floor there'll be 30 people cuddled up sleeping um and you can play music for them yeah and it was like it was the most focused listening yeah. session you could hear everything and all the attention was to the music and that was really that was really really amazing and um, people the whole crowd there is on board Oh, yeah. It's not, yeah. you're not like fighting bar conversations. Oh, it's kind of understood. They're very mm -hmm. good at it. Like you yeah. cross line the dance floor, no talking whatsoever. Yeah. Whispers in the bar. If yeah, They're pretty good with the, the, the introduction at the door at nowadays. Like right. when you walk yeah. into nowadays before they let you go inside, they kind of go over the 
kind of philosophy and policies of the place. And I'm sure for that particular event, they must say something about, yeah, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, when, when Justin called you and then you con Max contacted me, the idea of playing there regularly was just like so amazing and exciting. Yeah. And it just, it felt not, it felt like a, like a perfect next step. Right. To it start did, our yeah, it was, bo- it was simultaneously ex- like very, very surprising, but also like, well, well, of course this is, this is what we want to do and this is where we were hoping it was headed and we're, we're very yeah. surprised and excited. Uh, and I guess, yeah, it, like you said, it just made sense. That's how you kind of, in my experience, know things are going in the right direction when you're not, you don't really have to force something to happen. It just happens right. and it feels right and it makes sense and it's a logical, like... Mm-hmm. Yes, and the, and the opportunities that are presented to you fit in line with what you want to do because you, cause you've been pushing hard the way that you want to do things. Yeah. And yeah. people respond. Yeah. yeah. So what... Curating that as a residency has been amazing. It's crazy. We're already so hard. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask what the what what new challenges, if any, there are, because it's kind of. I mean, it's definitely. We all there's things so up. many people we want to invite. There's so many people, and we want to pay everyone so way more months. than we can, and we want to invite artists that are way out of budget. You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's people that definitely bring us down to earth, and you know, at the end of the day. Um, we're all really happy with it. And I think in the past and probably for a lot of parties and, and, and you don't really know when the end is like, but we know that our last month is April for this yeah, planetarium. Planning that is really hard. It's like, how the hell is it so, over already? We just, it feels like we just started. What like do you mean was, it's over? It's well, the, it's, it will, it will restart in the winter. Um, but it's, oh, I see. And may, maybe they'll do something else in the summer. But like the indoor planetarium Thursday night event, the last ones are April. Okay, yeah, I, I, already, sort of I was asking why, but I, I totally get it. It's because they, they're that once the weather is nice, they're open right. as kind of a right. beer garden drinking spot, mm-hmm. even during the week. Whereas right now, it's it's very quiet there. There's nothing. Yeah. Okay, and I'm sure that they'll uh, that make sense. But that's also things. such a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I feel oh, like we'll find things, things to do. Yeah. I'm sure, we'll convince them of some things. To yeah. Do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, on New Year's, Max Max was um, West Coast in Oregon, right? Yes. But uh, he couldn't make it. But um, Milo McBride and I played the little yurt for about six hours on the sunrise. That was really fun. <laughs> and the well, pe- Theo Parrish was playing inside. People were so there. You were in an outdoor. I don't know if I've I've been in the yurt. It's outside. It's outside. It can't fit more than like twelve people. <laughs> really. Okay. But it's really cozy. There's like a heater. It's really uncomfortable to DJ. They put the booth like right by like the TP wall kind of thing. So like whenever you stand up, you're hitting your head. <laughs> but uh, that was really fun. Yeah. When I think of a yurt, I think of there's the Gays Hate Techno Festival in California outside of San Francisco that for the past few years, Carlos Dufront has been the music director there. And he they just have this really kind of it's chill out and just kind of all sorts of music, just kind of demented non dance music. And it's a it's a very large yurt and it holds, I don't know. 50 people lying down something like that so i people started mentioning parties with yurts in new york and that was the vision (laughs) i had in my head and this is going to be so cool yeah like at fourth Mm -hmm. world they had a yurt and then i saw the yurt and i'm like that's (laughs) 
tent. It was cute. That's like yeah. what I would. It was small. That's like what you know, me and two other people would camp in. That's totally. not a. That's not a yurt. It's a very like subjective <laughs> definition. Yeah. I think. No, a yurt can. I've since learned that a yurt can be very small, but I was mm-hmm. somewhat let down. Um, what else was I going to ask? I was going to ask if you had any uh, funny moments or stories about people kind of interrupting you or just just asking what's going on when you're DJing this kind of music at a bar or a club or wherever. Actually, well, gosh. I, rem- I remember a couple times, like, people... There was a big shh one time. Oh, yeah. Actually, when Mike was playing. Didn't someone shh you? Not you, but they sh- because Mike? when you were playing and somebody else was talking and they, they yelled... No, no, it was somebody it. in the audience. <laughs> somebody in the audience. But at places like at places like, like Moodering, it <laughs> was necessary because be you know the the volume, the cacophonous like chatter picks up, and then you oh, can't yeah, really hear it anymore. So, I think just yeah. watching people come in and they think we're going out tonight. It's Thursday. We're going to a bar. <laughs> yeah, coming back like woo. Okay, your drinks. Oh, sit down. <laughs> Why are people on the ground? Why are they like? We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> but Come then in, they're like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> the coolest is when they're not prepared for it, but they tune into it. Right. You know? Like, I mean, yeah. I always pitch Planetarium as, like, the perfect, like, third, fourth date. Like, you can go <laughs> sit on the ground. <laughs> like, you can cuddle. Versus you know? Too soon. Uh, talk about funny moments. The first Planetarium we played with Justin, uh, somebody came up to the booth, a friend of mine, was like, there's, uh, there's some sex stuff going on out here. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Apparently Sex like stuff. like like a crowd of like bears had like taken like MDMA and were like getting it on in the darkness. And I was like petrified. Oh my god. And I tell Justin Carter and he's like, That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I get well we're doing it. We're doing something right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if bears are making out at your event, you're definitely doing something right. Yeah. Definitely. Um And it it it, it hurts when they're not. to try harder there's no bears making out (laughs) um so sean you do this dance dungeon party as well and maxime you have the love letters project so you both Mm -hmm. and both of these things you can talk about them are really i think quite different from what you're doing as hypnotic spa so um what came first i guess your interest in dance music or ambient music or did it all kind of happen at once and how do you approach them differently sorry that's a lot of questions <laughs> oh gosh I, I i can think of moments in my life from when i was maybe like six or seven years old and onward where there were there were moments where i was listening to only up tempo like dance music and disco things and punk and then getting really into like experimental electronic things and then when like first hearing Briny, you know, I think when I was 14 or 15 or something like that. So there there have always been um, moments for each, but I think it seemed more obvious um, making, like, that there were opportunities and places to play out dance music and things like that. So definitely with Love Letters, which I think I technically started in 2009, um, that was always like a dance music sort of project. Um, and I didn't have a place yet where I could realize these other ideas and uh, modes of being that right. we can with Hypnotic Spa. But now here you are with Hypnotic Spa, and you guys have played in the past year. Well, nowadays, Sustain Release, The Bunker. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we never thought we'd we get didn't here. <laughs> no, we, did, we didn't at all. We never thought anybody would like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're just now, like bringing our own speakers to Rebecca's. Yeah, for yeah. Still, be at, still be at Rebecca's. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in a way we did put the legwork in for that, you know. Um, we yeah, just kept thinking, we're just going to keep doing it, and then some, something something will happen. Oh, I definitely wanted to stop at some point. No, that I told you, we'll, we're keeping, we're going to keep doing it, and something will happen. I was so fed <laughs> up you just keep competing with the noise. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I guess persist. I'll answer that question rather concisely, if I can. Sure. Um, that when Hypnotic Spot first started, I kind of had this idea of listening to music and more ambient, less beatful music and looked to the B-sides of all my techno records and kind of made a mix from that and like, wow, this other undis- undiscovered side is out there. Um, and then brought that to um, Hypnotic Spot. But then I think what really made me fall in love with this music, there's uh, one of my favorite podcasts by Lifar Ligoff, his RA podcast. Oh yeah. I would listen to all the time after a party, going to sleep. And there's this really like sensitive line when you're kind of passing out. Um, where you kind of start to dream and hallucinate and having that music soundtrack it very ambient and kind of like influence it just kind of blew my mind and it was a click in the same way that like when you first discover I think dance music in the club kind of thing right and just yeah developed an obsession for it for sure cool Um, so before we get back into the mix here we should definitely shout out the party happening next week do you guys want to do that? Should I do that? Oh, you're playing. Yes. <laughs> and you're playing. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and Sean's going to play too. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. We haven't played back to back in uh, two months until now, probably. Yes. So, and that's, I mean, that's been a really exciting part of it too. It's like when we started, we were each playing separate sets. And oh, I, I see. I want to say playing Planetarium, but also. Playing a six-hour set to close the Grove stage to sustain really solidified our like unity and I think expression together. Right, because we I, didn't really we didn't really plan together. We planned separately. We maybe had a two-minute conversation the day before. For sustain, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so what are you gonna play? <laughs> but I always negate that question. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And did you, so no, did you prep like together for a sustained release or no? No, no, no. no, no but then you all. did play together. I was the whole gone time. for summer, so mm-hmm. that was. I think you were more nervous than I was. I prepared enough music. Yeah. That and it was mad. That was, was such like nervous and excited. That was a magical ma- experience. Well, that yeah. was really impressive. The year before, the ambient stage was maybe two little near field DJ monitors and a campfire in right. a different location. That's what. And I then expected, this year, honestly, I, when I walked yeah. into it, and I was like, "Whoa, this is." With Kip's installation and that, yeah, that sound amazing. system that didn't look like much of anything, but right. sounded incredible in the middle of the forest, that was that was something very special. Yeah, I got to yeah. shout out Aurora and Daniel for inviting us and yeah. that whole team for all the magic they do. It's a yeah. very special thing. Yep, it definitely is. Um, okay, so the event is Hypnotic Spa at Planetarium next Thursday, January 24th. We're all playing. Lote is mm-hmm. playing. More info at nowadays.com. NYC and looks like we have about 50 minutes left here. Are you guys ready to get back into the mix? Absolutely. Yeah. We okay. Are ready. Thanks so, for tuning in. Yeah, we're going to get back into the mix with Hypnotic Spa until the top of the hour. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.
océanos tibios, los planos de la isla del tesoro y la casa que da a la playa de los días perdidos.
those, those passions are trying to tackle problems and issues that are part of the unknown about space exploration and how these things that sometimes appear not to be related to us here on Earth actually make a difference. I talked about the initiative 100 Year Starship, which I am leading. It is a endeavor to make sure that within a hundred years, we have all the capabilities needed to send humans to another star. Now, why would we really care about that? Because I certainly believe that pursuing an extraordinary tomorrow creates a better world today. Because as you push on this really, really difficult problem, then you start to solve things that happen here on Earth. audacious journey transforms life here on earth and beyond and the title involves everything that we think about inclusive is the first word because in order to do something this difficult we have to make sure that we're including people across gender ethnicity disciplines geography and you have to be audacious when you try something really difficult you have to be bold you have to dare to do it you can't sneak up on going to another star because it's really a difficult problem. In fact, you have to have radical leaps in uh, technology systems, radical leaps in knowledge, radical leaps in governance in order to be able to make this happen. And then finally, the benefits really are going to accrue to people here on Earth, to life here on Earth. It's not really about going to another star system. It's about how do we improve life here on Earth, here on Earth. I did science and engineering all the time. I did 
at studio art. And sometimes folks look at those things as very different. But to me, they're the same thing. They're about creativity. listening to Red Bull Radio.
your child. Instead of hiding your sorrow, share it with me. No. Why should I tell you what you know already? But mother, as you love me, go to Olympus and plead my case, reminding Zeus of any word or deed of yours that ever pleased him. Yes. I will visit many ridged Olympus, and there on the topmost peak will kneel before Zeus the Thunderer, clasping his knees with my left hand, and placing my right caressingly beneath his chin.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We've only got five minutes left here. We've been in the mix with Hypnotic Spa. Uh, go to nowadays.nyc for info on the party next Thursday, the 24th, that I'm playing at. They're playing at. Lotte is going to be playing live. We're all very excited for that. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Hypnotic Spa is a space where rest, 
relaxation, revitalization, and rejuvenation are celebrated and sought after. Welcome to Hypnotic Spa. Hypnotic Spa is a space where rest, relaxation, revitalization, and rejuvenation are celebrated and sought after. Welcome to Hypnotic Spa. Hypnotic Spa is a space where rest, relaxation, revitalization, and rejuvenation are celebrated and sought after.